Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. The St. Louis Wildlife Project was formed with a simple goal, to take stock of the wild animals living in the St. Louis metro area. To do that, the group planted 35 motion-activated cameras in parks and green spaces across St. Louis. Those cameras covered a broad swath of St. Louis city and county, from the Gateway Arch Park grounds all the way out to Route 66 Park. Now, those cameras went live a little more than a year ago, and in the months since, they have spotted much more than just deer and squirrel. The project is a collaboration between St. Louis College of Pharmacy and the Tyson Research Center at Washington University in St. Louis. And joining us today to talk about this project is Elizabeth Biro. She's the Tyson Natural Resources Coordinator and Staff Scientist. So Elizabeth, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. And we're also joined by Whitney Anthony Sawmy. She's an Assistant Professor of Biology at the St. Louis College of Pharmacy. So Whitney, welcome to the show. Thank you. Elizabeth, you've had 35 cameras on site for more than a year now, and I'm just dying to know, what are the animals that you have spotted out there? Oh, we've spotted quite a bit of um, wildlife in our city. It's um, very exciting to see every time we bring our cameras in. Um, we all, me and Whitney and Solney, all kind of um, uh, sit together and kind of look at our pictures. It's kind of like Christmas morning every time. But we've seen um, lots of coyotes, foxes, um, lots of deer in the more suburban and rural areas. Um, we've seen a lot of armadillos in more of the rural areas. That armadillos. Are, yes, That's not what we think of as historically a St. Louis kind of animal. It's not really. <laughs> um, it's moving up the um, from the south, and so we're seeing more and more of them in our area. Um, we've been seeing lots of squirrels in our cameras um, from downtown all the way out to Route 66 State Park. Um, uh, we have lots of raccoons, domestic cats, domestic dogs, of course. Um, we have some bobcats that we've sighted as well. Bobcats. Now, are these in the city? Not in the city. These are at a more rural site. So, um, so when we get out to past kind of the um, 270, Highway 270, Highway 44 interchange, we have a lot more larger transects of, of area for them to live in. So they can, that area can support a lot bobcats and things that need more larger home range sizes. So a bobcat, that strikes me as, as surprising. I'm wondering, what animals have you seen that surprised you? Um, I won't, So the coyote, we've had a coyote at uh, the St. Louis Arch. We had one this past really? fall, I believe. Um, so I wouldn't say that is surprising to us because we are kind of... You know we, wildlife. We know wildlife. We know what, you know, we know that other cities have been expecting to see these things. So we know that, that they're, um, it was just a matter of time before we got one. But it was pretty exciting that we was finally validated um, this past fall. Um, we always like to see, um, it's fun to see the uh, multi-species interactions in a picture. So we've had like a raccoon carrying her babies, which was pretty fun to see. We've had a domestic cat and a fox kind of standoff, it looked like, um, in some of our photos, which those are kind of exciting to see. And the fox and the cat, what happened? We don't know. <laughs> well, since it's just work? a You're... snapshot in time, oh, we can't really, okay. we couldn't think about what ha was going to happen, but we, we don't really know. So there's just kind of a cat facing a fox, and you kind of can see that their heckles are up, and who knows what your imagination can take over from there. And I, I'm told that that photo of the fox and the cat sort of facing off, that this is something that's on our website. That's stlpublicradio.org. <laughs> Thanks to the St. Louis Wildlife Project <laughs> for sharing that photo. So and tell me, um, before I want to get into some of these specifics of these animals, but so how does this work, Whitney? Um, these, these cameras are just 
taking just still photos. This isn't a video you're looking at. <clears throat> yes, that's correct. Um, so these are motion-triggered cameras, uh, standard trail cameras for wildlife surveys. And we have them set to fire every 30 seconds when they're triggered. Oh, okay. Yes, and so an animal will move in front of the camera, it'll, it'll take a photo, but then it won't do anything for 30 seconds. And so that's why we only capture, you know, maybe one photo, one image of an animal. Um, and we may not know exactly, for example, the cat and, and the fox standoff. That's why we don't know exactly what happened. <laughs> yes. Elizabeth, do you ever get animals that are just sort of lingering around oh, yeah. the cameras? Yeah, so um, I think one night last winter, maybe earlier this winter, I can't remember because it's a lot of photos that we go through, but um, it was a snowy night and there was like a mama deer and two babies kind of just hanging out and sleeping right in front of our camera. So we have tons of pictures of them kind of nuzzling up together. And like how very... many photos did you end up getting oh. out of that interaction? I mean, hundreds, dozens? Uh, probably hundred, uh, probably close to a hundred. You know, the 30 second delay um, really helps minimize the photos, but we still get quite a lot of photos on our cameras. So... It's a lot to go through. Now, you mentioned that you're all sort of getting together and looking at these photos together. Tell me, how does that work? How frequently do you meet and you're getting like a new sheaf of photos every time? <laughs> so the other researcher involved in our project is Dr. Sony Edelsonson. Um, she couldn't be here today, but we share an office at Tyson Research Center. So we're always just kind of rolling our chairs over to each other's computer. And then we have a text chain with Whitney while she's at St. Louis College of Pharmacy. And we are all just kind of look at this fox, look at this coyote, kind of fun things and sharing funny pictures of, of opossums and stuff that we're, you know, just wildlife nerds. So, <laughs> Now, Whitney, this might be a, a completely random question, but I can't help but wonder, how does a college of pharmacy end up in a wildlife project? I know, that is surprising, right? Uh, well, actually, my background is in wildlife ecology, and um, I just happened to fall into this awesome position at the pharmacy school where I teach introductory biology. Okay. Yeah. And so it ended up being somewhat of a personal interest of yours that, that sort of sucked the college into it? Um, yeah. Yeah, you could say that. So in terms of this bigger project, I know this is part of the Urban Wildlife Information Network. What are they up to here? So they, um, the Urban Wildlife Information Network started about 10 years ago out of the Lincoln Park Zoo in Chicago. Um, a few years ago, they kind of put a call out to other cities to kind of mimic their method methodology um, so they we can look at a larger picture of what wildlife is doing in urban areas. So we are up to, there's about 30 cities already in this network and growing. Um, it's the largest um, network of wildlife, urban wildlife in uh, the world right now. So we... Um, our data, our little transect and all of our data goes to a larger network so people can think of studies that might want to compare uh, city size and how different species use that or different amount of imperial surface to more um, like wild area, just different kind of studies that we can look at at a regional scale rather than a local scale. So something like this coyote who pops up at the arch to, um, to go back to this thing that might surprise people who aren't down on their wildlife, um, trying to get a sense of, of where coyotes are living today across the U.S.? Yeah, so coyotes are moving into cities. Um, it's They've been known to, in mean, pretty much every major city, have seen coyotes in their urban areas. Hmm. And there's a lot of, of people getting interested of 
why, what, how are they adapting, what are they really, where are they living, and, and just kind of being able to get at those questions um, is important for a wildlife um, someone with a wildlife background, but in a larger scale, we're kind of looking at how animals are using urban areas, and the larger goal is to help design cities to promote human and wildlife coexistence. Okay. So going back to that coyote for a minute, like, you've got the snapshot of him. He's been captured. Do you know, like, is he living down by the arch, or is he just passing through? Like, how do you begin to sort of piece together his life from, you know, these random images? So I think you would need to do a little bit more hands-on studies to get with something like that. So we are a very passive, kind of easy way to get a snapshot of the wildlife in our city. So if you wanted to do kind of get more of abundance of of coyotes, I think you'd have to do maybe a mark recapture study or do some scat surveys or maybe go looking for their dens and stuff like that. And there are researchers in other other cities doing this type of thing, um, but we are strictly right now just sticking with the photos. You guys are sort of like that base yeah, that we're other taking, people can build yeah, from. Yeah, we're getting our baseline data right now, and hopefully more studies can be layered on top of this. We're talking to Elizabeth Biro. She's the Tyson Natural Resources Coordinator and Staff Scientist for the St. Louis Wildlife Project. We're also talking to Whitney Anthony Sawmy, who's an assistant professor of biology at the St. Louis College of Pharmacy, which is also part of this project. You're talking about sort of that peaceful coexistence between humans and wildlife as, as being the ultimate goal here. I'm wondering how does being near humans end up changing things for wildlife? Let's talk about that coyote, for example. Are his habits going to be different living in St. Louis than they might be if he's living out in the desert? Yeah, I can I can talk about that a little bit. <clears throat> and so studies have shown uh, with coyotes that they, they will uh, change their behavior a little bit in urban areas. Uh, for example, uh, they will tend to be more nocturnal in urban areas compared to rural or country. They want to avoid people. Yeah, they want to avoid people. Um, yeah, they may they uh, may change their, their um, territories, like how much space they use, depending on the availability of green space and the connectivity of that green space. Okay, and is that pretty typical that some of these animals, they're just, they're acting in different ways now that they're here in the city? instead of living out in the hinterlands. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I'm wondering, sometimes you must get photos of things where you're just not even sure what you're looking at. Does any um, examples of this come to mind? How did you figure it out? Well, it it does kind of, sometimes it can, it can be hard to identify things, especially if um, species are moving really fast through our um, frame. You or, almost get like a blurry photo. Yeah, yeah or um, it's, uh, so, so part of the reason that Part of the methodology that we use, we use a lure. So we point our cameras to a tree about 10 feet away and we have a little lure. So that pulls the animal in and it puts it in the center of our frame and slows it down so we can identify it. I think it's kind of rare that we really, there's only a, a, a handful of pictures that we really can't identify things, I wanna say, but it is it is hard to identify things, especially at night. Um, it's really hard to identify squirrels at night. And they so, might be anything. They might be anything. They could, you know, uh, fox squirrels and gray squirrels are really hard to identify at nighttime, but you know, it's depending on where you are. So, because sometimes there's an overlap between there. I wanna go to the phone lines. Um, Jim is calling from Bridgeton. Um, Jim, welcome back to St. Louis on the Air. Thank you. The question I have for, for your guests is whether there are any opportunities for volunteerism in associating with this project. I have a, a technical background. I have a chemistry degree, and I also am a hunter and a fisherman, so I'm pretty well versed in the outdoors. 
but not in the subject of urban wildlife, but it sounds very interesting. Um, Jim, thank you for that question. That is actually um, a terrific question. Absolutely. Um, we have a website called stlwildlifeproject.org. Um, we, our contact information is on that website. We are looking for volunteers to help um, go through our um, photos. So you just need a Gmail account and your computer, and you can help us um, identify and tag our animals. Um, that's one of the benefits of being part of this larger network. So the Lincoln Park Zoo um, has a centralized database that all the cities use, so it's easy to share data, and it's all in the same format. So um, there's a lot of resources out there to help us um, with volunteers, so that would be greatly appreciated. Okay, well, Jim, thank you for that call. Um, so now you've got this full year of data. I'm wondering, what comes next? Does the project shift at all, um, that you've got sort of this base of knowledge? Um, it's not really going to shift. We're in it for the long haul. We're going to keep um, doing our transect. Um, we um, have a good amount of data that we've um, collected so far. We still have lots of photos to go through. This summer, we're going to be having some students helping us on this project, and I think we're going to really be able to dig in on some of the analyses of see piecing out some of the patterns we see in our area. So we're, we're going to dig in real hard this summer. And I know you said you were so excited about this coyote, not to keep going back to that, <laughs> but do you have any animals out there where you suspect they're living in the St. Louis area and you haven't been able to capture one yet? And this is sort of like, this is the, the must-get animal for this coming year. Yes. Um, so we have yet to get a, a bear on our cameras. So no, so obviously not in the city, but out <laughs> yeah, don't scare us. <laughs> no, no, but out where Tyson is, out in the Eureka area, we know that they've moved through the area, probably just these young lone um, bears, you know, kind of shifting their, their ranges. Um, but we have yet to get one on our cameras, and we kind of are very hoping to get one. So. That's sort of the big get. Yeah, it would be really <laughs> Have exciting. you had any other gets where you're like, oh, man, like we, we've always wanted an otter. Now we've got an otter. <laughs> we did get an otter. <laughs> did you get an otter? How did you get an otter? We got an otter um, at Unger Park and uh, Fenton. It was during last spring when we had a lot of that Merrimack River flooding, um, and so it kind of brought, brought the water line really close to our camera, and we had we caught a river otter at that site. It was, it was exciting, yeah. It, he was just mugging for the camera yeah. in classic otter fashion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That must have been like, I can just see you guys looking at those photos and just being so excited to share that with yeah. the team. Yeah, a lot of commentary. <laughs> <laughs> well, so give us that website again for people who want to know more about this, this pretty awesome project. So it's stlwildlifeproject.org. Uh, and like we said, our contact information and, and a lot more of our project is on that website. Okay. Well, Elizabeth Bureau, uh, Tyson Natural Resources Coordinator and Staff Scientist, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. And Whitney, um, Anthony Sawmy of the St. Louis College of Pharmacy, thank you for being here. Yes, thank you. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.